Welcome to Humane Talk. I'm Tracy Hotchner, welcoming discussions with thought leaders in animal welfare to talk about ethical principles and practical considerations in the way people perceive and treat non-human species. Thank you for joining the conversation about what it means to have a humane perspective in our own lives and be a positive influence in our communities. If you would like to hear more episodes of this show or any of the pet talk shows I co-host with experts, please go to RadioPetLady.com and visit the podcast libraries. Humane Talk is a production of Pet Media, Inc., and opinions are those of the guests who are solely responsible for them. I also produce the Dog Film Festival, which celebrates the love between dogs and their people and the rescue groups that bring them together. Sponsored by a grant from the Petco Foundation, the festival travels across the country every year. You can find more information on the website dogfilmfestival.com. The Radio Pet Lady Network is brought to you in part with the generous support of Nordic Naturals, omega-3 fish oil products that provide dogs and cats with the same premium quality omega-3 fish oils as for people. Research shows that even the best diets are deficient in the essential fatty acids found in omega-3 oils. However, not all fish oil is created equal. The Nordic Naturals difference is that their oil comes from Norway, where they use responsibly sourced healthy wild fish and third-party testing to guarantee purity and freshness. This show is also supported by Best Pet Rx, a unique compounding pharmacy for pets in New York City. They can turn any medication for dogs and cats into a custom-flavored oral paste chewable tablet or a liquid that your pet will actually like. And Best Pet Rx will keep trying formulations at no extra charge, offering same-day delivery in New York City and overnight delivery anywhere else so that your pet can happily take the medicine she needs to get well and stay well. I am here with Bill Sacre from the League of Humane Voters. I didn't know there was such a league. I didn't know that voting could be humane. Why wouldn't it be? The laws of the land affect all of us. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you for being part of the League of Humane Voters and explain to us what it is and how we can all become more humane in our own lives. Well, Tracy, thank you so much. And it's really a pleasure uh, to be here. I'd just like to start by, I'm just going to read the mission statement of the League of Humane Voters, and then we can go from there. The mission of the League of Humane Voters is to create, unite, and strengthen local political action committees that work to enact animal-friendly legislation and to elect candidates for public office who will use their votes and influence for animal protection. Well, what's that mean? It means basically we're lobbyists for animals, and we're nonpartisan. We're independent. We don't ask for any money from anybody. We just want your name and information. We want you to be a part of our database so that we can leverage your ah, vote and help animals. Interesting. So in in the lobbying world, which mm-hmm. I, I imagine I'm a bit like the other unwashed masses, you know, lobbyist <laughs> is kind of a negative word. But That's on correct. the other hand, it's how politics takes place. People lobby for their interests and who those people are and what their interests are obviously vary enormously. So how does a lobbyist function? We're, you're, you're in New York, right? We're in New York. There are 11 uh, chapters of, uh, I'm sorry, there's 11 state organizations of the League of Humane Voters. Uh, we are in New York. The whole premise of the organization, Tracy, is that this is best accomplished at the, at the local and state level. Uh, so we're New York State. There's another uh, very active uh, organization in uh, in California. Uh, they're very active in Georgia, uh, and uh, as I say, there's 11 other states. But uh, what we do is we take a look at potential legislation that might be needed. Uh, we'll actually draft it, and we will wow. approach a legislator 
uh, and say, hey, is this something that you could be comfortable with and you could sponsor for no it? No kidding. And, and that's that's the way it's done. And as you know, that's how lobbying is done. No, I didn't know that. See, I had no idea. So yeah. you write up this legislation that says, uh, you know, like in Vermont, where I now live, it's totally legal to keep a dog on an eight-foot chain year-round outdoors, and there might be a proviso some shelter would be nice. It's just horrible. I mean, that, that, that's exactly right. And we have a bill that's very analogous to that right now uh, that's going through our legislator. And, and it's interesting how these things, uh, how the parallels of the different states. And, and hopefully when the League of Humane Voters gets to be a national organization, there would be some wonderful best practice sharing because you just put your finger right on it. You have the same situation there that we have in New York State and I'm sure in, in many other states around the country. So if we could get something that has passed New York or passed I Vermont see. or something I else, see. we could shoot that to our brethren in the other organizations and say, hey, oh. take a look at this as potential for your organization. And that's really where we'd like to go. You just leverage the, the voices of the voters um, to, to improve things for animals. And that's not only companion animals, that's wildlife. Sure. Uh, that's farm animals. Uh, you know, that's animals. And nice. That's, that's basically what we do. So, so, in other words, you draft this legislation that says, you know, we'd like to – by the way, I didn't actually know this about New York, having lived in East Hampton year-round for 13 years and having been born in New York originally. <laughs> it sounded so primitive and so kind of rural and uh, ignorant. What do you mean? It's 10 degrees below and your dog's outside on a chain? Yup. Sure thing. In fact, Candy Udell from London Jewelers was on the show not long ago. She has – partnered with the Suffolk County SPCA to provide igloo housing for individual dogs in people's backyards that have been identified as a dog that never comes in the house, chain or no chain. That's so, a great organization, by the way. We're very familiar with them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they what's, do, they, what's the they name do, of them? I've forgotten. I'm so The bad. ASPCA of... No, uh, no. It's, it's the SPCA, not the ASP. Nothing to I'm do sorry. with the ASPCA. That's okay. You're right. But they actually have a project house or something. Project that's right. Animal a little... House. It's kind of a dome, uh, I don't know, whether yes. you'd call it styrofoam or no, plastic. No, no, they're igloos. Or, they're igloos. Yes, that's and, right. That's exactly right. And they have an L-shaped doorway so the wind doesn't whistle right in. That's right. But I mean that – So that's, that's a step up, but that's – you know, you don't – obviously it doesn't have HVAC in there, you know. Right. No, it doesn't. And we also would like to think that if – you know, in this enlightened time, that if somebody has a domestic pet animal, that they might treat them a little less – than like maybe a goat in the backyard because yes. we, we would think that was pretty nice for the goat. He could stand on top of the igloo. He could go in the igloo. But in the end of the day, he's a farm animal, you know? So yeah, We had a, a, an analogous situation to that, uh, Tracy, in, in Brooklyn earlier this year uh, when it was snowing outside and it was very cold and we had uh, uh, demonstrators over there outside and, and what was video. the situation? What was the specifics? In well, it was two it was two two dogs that a homeowner oh had left outside in a backyard in Brooklyn. And uh, d despite being approached with uh, with rational thought, uh, they just didn't want to do anything. And they said, hey, these were outside dogs. And thank you very much. And go away. And and uh, to the chagrin of many, many people involved, there really wasn't anything that uh, could be done to actually make this happen. It, it all had to be done on a 
on a kind of a you know volunteer or want to cooperate basis, right? So the yes. the, law, the law that's going through the that's going through the assembly now has some teeth in it and says uh, it's uh, uh, certain degrees and certain times of day. All right. Nice. So, uh, well, you know, again, only two percent of the bills make it through. Tracy. So. so explain that. Explain that, Bill. So he, here are all these lobbyists. Some people want guns. Some people want medication. Right. Some people That's want right. a, a a dam built. And they, the lobbyists, just so I get, they write they write it up. Here's what we'd like, and they go to these various delegates on a mm-hmm. state and local level, and they say, "How does this sound to you? Would you like to back this? Would you and some of your confreres like to put your your shoulder into this?" That's exactly right. And what's okay. in it for that? What's in it for that legislator? Well, that legislator may have an interest in uh, in animal animal welfare, animal rights, or whatever you want to call it. And there are several legislators out there, uh, both in the Senate and the Assembly, that will lend their voice. Now, it's a two way street. They have other things that that they're interested in moving, whatever. And we would certainly try to to work with them and collaborate as, as best we can with, with anything. And then there are other bills out there that that we didn't introduce. In fact, the majority of them we didn't. Uh, they came from someplace else. But we've looked at them and we've decided that yes, this is something that we want to support. And we have ten core bills every year that we pick and say, uh, you know, this is our uh, our we're, these are going to be our targets. Okay. Uh, and we have a legislative breakfast, and we have all of the legislators no like the legislators in in Albany, and we have the bills blown up around the room, and we just walk them no around kidding. and say, These, "This is what we want to do," and we ask for your support. Uh, and by the way, you can have a vegan bagel and some coffee if you like too. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow! So, so, so that's what that's what we do. So that's really cool. So the, the cynic in the crowd might say, "Yeah, okay, you aren't taking money from the public, but what's in this for you other than you want to have humane treatment for animals? You personally, Bill Sacre, or the other people with you, is everyone a pro bono person who believes in a greater good for animals?" Yes, that's exactly right. No and way. Tracy, we, we don't. The reason we we don't solicit money because we're not a charity. All right, so right. you can't you can't write a check for fifty bucks and then deduct it off your income tax. It doesn't work that way. Okay? But you could write a check for fifty bucks if hearing this, you go that is so cool well we would how, love that how but, do you but, pay for but the again vegan, the vegan yeah. bagel i mean they, they don't <laughs> somebody's got to pay well, for the darn bagel we, the fake so, some of some of us chip in a little bit and uh and, and again if if somebody elects to to be a part of our organization or really just a part of our database there's there's no solicitation for funds we, we that's that's not our issue all right our issue is we just want your your voice and your vote, and we want to be able to aggregate that for animals, and, and the rest of it will so fall. So in other words, when you go to Albany for the, the animal-free product uh, little breakfast, mm-hmm. and you show them these 10 bills, do you also tell them, and we have 14,000 names in Suffolk County, and we have 20,000 names in the New York greater area? Well, we don't, we're not quite that specific on it, but they, 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 they know uh, that we have, um, we have people and that we have a powerful brand. And many times, Tracy, they will come to us and say, would you write uh, a memo of support for us? Uh, So, for instance, here's a memo of support that we did for a bill to to prohibit declawing of cats. one One would think that that's pretty straightforward and that that would have support up and down the street, but it doesn't, all right? So. The sponsor of the organization, I'm sorry, the sponsor of the bill in the assembly, very, very animal friendly person, um, came to us and said, would you issue a memorandum of support? And of course we did. Sure. Okay, so we issue, we issue that and then we copy uh, the counterpart on the Senate side. Uh, and then most importantly, the assembly member 
uh, of the of the committee that have sway over this bill. And in this case, it's the Agricultural Committee. Oops. And uh, Oops. So, yeah. And not an easy sell sometimes. No. I mean, let's no. be realistic, right? That's right. And Different we, interests. That's that's exactly right. But but we we really try to keep a civil dialogue and, and we, we can be unhappy with the positions that people have taken, but we do not want to be unhappy or in any way critical of the person. You know, Good. I hate Senator so and so or assembly person. No, that gets you nowhere and we, we don't want adversarial relationships. They're bad and nobody wins. So Correct. as long as you can dialogue, you got some possibility of some agreement okay Definitely. when the dialogue shuts down you it's forget it just well you on. had you had said without saying names as if you weren't supposed to say names that you had these two legislators who were really leaning in this direction frequently or really supportive yes. don't we want to give a big shout out to their names because oh absolutely and on the, on the assembly side it's uh it's assembly member rosenthal and on the uh, on the Senate side, on this bill, it's it's Senator Griffo and both of them animal advocates long standing. But we, you know, we, as I said early on, we are nonpartisan. All right. right. And we have wonderful Republicans. We have wonderful Democrats. And we just they're just wonderful people. Uh, so we, we really do not ever uh, take a political side in this. We're for animals. That's, that, that's what we're all about. But I would say that on a local and state level, people often maybe vote without really knowing what any of the issues are or not caring about maybe some of them. And they vote sometimes based on how they view themselves being a Democrat or a Republican. when that's not really of any particular value, whereas animal – animal thoughtfulness would be a good criteria on which to make a vote. You as, a, as an individual person, if you're like, I don't know, well, I'm a Republican, I guess I'll just vote Republican. But if, if they had this information, and I'm sure you make it very available, that, that certain individuals will go out of their way to support or introduce humane legislation for various kinds of creatures, that in itself is plenty of good reason for a vote. It would restore one's confidence in the political system if, if it really worked. Well, it's it's always interesting. We always encourage people to uh, when when you're evaluating candidates, ask them. You're at a candidate's forum or something or a town hall meeting. Ask them how do you feel about right. the way that our local animal shelter is being run. I see. Uh, you know, and a lot of and it's it's interesting, Tracy, because a lot of times these candidates are not ready for that question because they don't get it. Okay. Right. And and here in in New York City before the morality election. Uh, we had the first annual uh, town meeting, or I guess candidates forum, that was that was devoted totally to animal issues, and it was very interesting to watch some of the people up there that you could tell hadn't really given a lot of thought. Right, right. Remind <laughs> us on other things. I mean, like every so often, Bill, this is a shocking fact, but I'll meet someone and they'll say, "Well, what do you do?" And I talk about dog talk and the Radio Pet Lady Network and the Dog Film Festival, and they look a little like blankly, and I say. Well, do you have a dog? And this is incredible. Or a cat? And there are people who don't. So you know what? What can we say? It takes all kinds to make a world. There's actually people that don't think about animals all the time. And I'm being facetious. They, they have other things that they might think about a lot of the time. But it is obviously a great feeling to find like-minded people that are in a position to make that difference. I, I don't know what happened um, in terms of Mayor Bloomberg, when you say mayoralty, but his daughter, Georgina Bloomberg, who is a, a very accomplished equestrian hunter, jumpers, mostly jumpers, 
And she's been involved in New York City in, you know, get the cart horses off the street and puppy mill things. And she's actually won a Pet Hero Award from the Pet Philanthropy Circle, which is a wonderful group of people who uh, happen to be now a partner with the Dog Film Festival because they're all about education, you know, and raising awareness. And I'm sure that uh, if you don't already have a connection to them, you should have because a lot of the, their members and the advisory council and so forth would welcome with open arms anything they could do to be part of the voice. Yes, we, we do, and we're very we're very aware of what uh, Ms. Bloomberg has done, and, and it's very, very much appreciated. Uh, you know, if nothing else, Tracy, to bring visibility, to bring yes, it out exactly. into the open, mm-hmm. you know, that in itself is successful. I mean, just, just walking by the theater here where you had uh, your event last year, and I was standing there, and somebody said, gee, what's a dog film? What's, what's that? What could that be about? All right? And somebody said, well, are they going to have dogs? Are dogs going to attend it? Is that it? Are we going to have dogs? And, you know, it was, it was really It's fun, right? And, of course, I, I, I you know, I recently was talking with Suzanne Kogan, who's the president of the Petco Foundation that's our sponsor. And we have already four locations across the country, uh, Rochester, New York, Los Angeles, Seattle, and others probably Chicago, where the dogs are actually going to be. It's a bring-your-own-dog event. Oh, that's funny. And the dogs, it'll be by, for, and about dogs, the first time in the history of the world. Uh, it, it is a great feeling to to kind of raise a different consciousness. And, you know, I hope those people came in from the cold. It was a semi-hurricane last year and found out <laughs> for themselves. I will say one of the great things about email and the Internet is that I had an, an email from you, I think, just asking something about the second annual film festival. And I saw on your signature League of Humane Voters. I thought, did I see that right? Because, of course, po- not of course, but as it turns out, I'm fairly apolitical and politics is not at the front of my brain. I thought, well, that sounds really interesting. So I invited you to come talk to us and thrilled that you did and thrilled that we can all realize that there are so many do-gooders behind the scenes in various ways. And we should all add our voice to it. How do we? How do we give you our name and our whatever? Our just Google uh, League of uh, Humane Voters, okay. and it'll, it'll all come up. Uh, the national will come up, and the chapters. And oh, same thing, uh, Tracy, on Facebook. You can go on there and just uh, put League of Humane Voters, and all the chapters will come up. Nice. So. Let's let's all do that because it it doesn't co- cause it's no skin off our nose. We don't have to go out there and and offer you know toast up a vegan bagel and tell the guy it tastes just as good as a real one. <laughs> you guys have that burden. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's fine. Vegan bagels are great. You know, Bill, it's great to to meet you. It's great to know about this work. And I hope that anything you're doing that that the various people that listen to me can help with, that you'll shoot me an email and let me know. And I'll be sure to connect you to the Pet Philanthropy Circle because there's a lot of people that. on that circle who would definitely be of, of value to you. They're not politicians, but but they care a lot. And they're New York-based, a lot of them. So Well, that would that would be terrific, Tracy. And much, much appreciated. And we look forward to seeing you uh, in absolutely. October. We, absolutely. We will absolutely be there. Wonderful! It's gonna. You better. You better bring a, a cushion because it's gonna be many, many showings. Not like last year. They, they won't be. They won't be as long. But they're gonna be so various. And there's. I mean, already the films that I've got together is just completely joyful. So looking forward to seeing you. Wonderful. Then. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye, This show has been supported by Precious Cat Litter, owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who has created a variety of low-dust litters for the health of all members of the family, so everyone can breathe easier. Precious Cat has a litter for the special needs of kittens, for senior cats, for long-haired, and for those with out-of-litter box problems who can get back in the box with Cat Attract Litter. 
Precious Cat's Touch of the Outdoors is a litter made with field grasses grown in their own fields, bringing the natural scent of the outdoors to provide environmental enrichment for indoor cats. Precious Cat's newest health monitor litter has broken new ground by allowing people to find the early signs of kidney disease in their cats and intervene before damage is done, prolonging the quality and length of their kitty cats' lives.